Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Michael Macon. I am the producer of our podcast. Chris and Joe are going to be talking here in a minute. I'm dropping this insert in the front of their episode. I'll let the the episode run without its edited form as we are an unedited podcast. But I wanted to drop this insert in front because due to timing, Chris and Joe recorded on Sunday. I was incredibly swamped Monday with the holiday and I just didn't have a chance to get their episode out. And then the regionals were actually announced for baseball. So I wanted to run through real quick that news they did not have and add it to the front of the episode. And then let their discussion run and you can get the full impact of what they talked about so first and most importantly texas tech heading to gainesville florida's your host florida a&m and uconn round out the field uconn two florida a&m four so that puts tech at the three seed this is the seventh consecutive regional appearance for texas tech quite an accomplishment for a program in which that was not very common before tim tadlock it's not going to be an easy road. We'll have future podcasts actually breaking down more about this regional, but I want to focus on the Big 12 overall and not get too into the weeds there yet since we will later. So for the Big 12, we have a, several teams in, only one host though. The Longhorns are heading out to Coral Gables, so they'll be nearby. West Virginia is going to Lexington. Oklahoma was one of the last four in the field. They're heading to Charlottesville. Oklahoma State is the Big 12's lone host, so they'll be in Stillwater taken on their field and TCU is traveling to Fayetteville now I'm a bit shocked that Kansas State didn't get a nod and I'm a bit shocked that Texas didn't do enough to secure a host but I guess they that big 12 tournament stumble really killed them Oklahoma State obviously leveraged theirs to get that hosting spot this is the first time in a long time the state of Texas has been shut out of the regional field I, I saw the stats somewhere but can't recall when was the last time if it ever had happened that means that, you know, traditional powers, TCU, Texas, DBU, Tech, A&M, none of us hosted, which is kind of wild to consider that all these really good baseball programs, you know, Tech kind of being the more recent power, Texas the bluest of all blue bloods, TCU is a recent power, um, DBU is a very scrappy program and made a case to host and just fell short. So it's kind of wild that nobody hosted. Obviously, Baylor sucked so bad they're not worth mentioning, but it is pretty wild that none of the Texas schools hosted. Um, so everybody's on the road. Other than Oklahoma State, from the Big 12, and, you know, I, I won't speak too much about who I think will get out where, but I think the guys you're looking at, I like Texas to probably advance. I think they're playing pretty good ball, and the stumble aside, they were hot to close the year, and I think, you know, a lot of teams just check out mentally for the Big 12 tournament if you don't really need it that much, and I think that's kind of what happened to them. West Virginia's a squad I got my eye on, really getting hot and making a run. They are playing really bad baseball late, but that is a very talented program, having a special year. 
Um, and I think that they can find that magic again and get their groove back. I mean, here's something. They looked really good beating Tech twice. It was hard. It was hotly contested. But, you know, they, they looked good in those games, and then they just kind of faded. Oklahoma State got really hot in the Big 12 tournament. I don't like their chances. I don't like that team. I don't like Josh Holiday, so I'm not going to be rooting for him anyways. But I just they're so streaky, and I'm not – I don't love a lot of what was going on in their ball club with some of the inconsistencies. It's just, I, I, if I'm looking for us, uh, they're the 11 seed. If I'm looking for anybody to get upset from their home regional, that's one of the ones I'm looking at. Um, I, I, I don't know that much about Florida, and we'll be diving very deep into them. I know a bit about UConn. It's got to be a tough regional to protect, but, you know, if you see ball, hit ball, pitch well, you can get out of any regional. For instance, last year, you know, the pitching was awful, and then you got to that Georgia Southern regional, and they were phenomenal in that regional, and you just couldn't hit the ball. So we could get a situation like that just as easily as we could. The pitching gets shelled. So we'll, we'll see what happens for Tech. TCU, eh, I just don't think they're very good. I just don't think they're very good. I think the Big 12 might have two, three schools get through. Um, I think it's a down year for the conference overall. OU, I don't think, has a prayer. Um, so we'll see, though. You know, it, It's not March Madness level crazy, but it's still kind of crazy. Everybody's going to be going balls to the wall. There's no more taking games off. There's no more mental lapses allowed. It's not March Madness, but it, it's it's a really nice tournament format. We're going to see who can get hot. Now, I'm going to let Chris and Joe run through the show. They've got a lot of great stuff for you guys. Please give it a listen. They'll be talking baseball, basketball, all kinds of stuff. All the Big 12 news you need. Just wanted to get this in here first since due to timing, they didn't have the opportunity to add it. Welcome to the sixth edition of the Sunday Show. My name is Chris, and I am joined by Joe we are here with the Big 12 wrap-up. Obviously, we had a big week in baseball. Pretty much the highlight is the Big 12 uh, tournament. It was pretty exciting. Obviously, we're going to get into that, kind of show everything that happened, or talk about everything that happened in there. And then we're going to finish off with something that we're going to start now with the weeks, obviously, in the middle of summer. It's kind of getting dull as far as sports goes, so going to start doing some rankings of some Big 12 positions, mostly for football, then kind of leaking to basketball. But, Joe, how you doing? Ah, uh, This evening I'm doing great in the middle of a uh, thunderstorm in Lubbock County. So just having to deal with some thunder and some walls shaking while we're recording right now. Got some kids out of school this earlier this week. Um, have one kid starting a summer job and, you know, other than that, everything's been a pretty relaxing weekend so far um, from me on this side. How's everything on your side of the world, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, my girlfriend's sister had her baby shower yesterday for her second child. She's having a, a little girl, which is pretty exciting. And uh, finished off the night. I mean, I was doing dishes watching the end of that uh, Celtics and Heat game. And then I saw Jimmy Butler get fouled and he had to make three and there was only three seconds left. So I turned it off because I went to go make my son a bottle. And then I come back, I check my phone and I'm like, wait, why is this saying Celtics game seven? What's that? What did, what just happened? What did I miss? Yeah, that was kind of crazy to watch. And I watched that live and I'm like, that didn't just happen. There's no way that happened. That almost reminded me of, um, I wouldn't say, I don't know exactly how many years back it was. But um, Derek Fisher hit a shot like that with like, I don't know, a half a second or a second to go against the Spurs in San Antonio. And, you know, that kind of gave me flashbacks to that that point in time in the NBA season. But it was fun to watch, man. It's I mean, it's a hell of a series. Yeah, that one. And then uh, I, I remember, I mean, it was 
not the same because the shot actually went in without like the tip in, but the Ray Allen shot, just how last second it was that one. I remember that one. Like it was yesterday. That was crazy. I mean, just such a like split second shot. It's insane. But without, without all that being said, obviously it's nice to have the uh, Dallas stars get in the win column. Kind of, maybe they're going to have their own comeback. of the, Maybe they're going to have a comeback of their own. So we shall see what happens with that. But uh, we're going to get into this big 12 talk. And uh, better play, no better place to start than kind of just recapping Texas Tech. Obviously, it's the entirety of the Big 12 that we're going to talk about. But, I mean, just what do you got to say about how Tech came out? I mean, we obviously said that they probably need to – they were going to be in the tournament regardless, but they were kind of on the edge. How do you feel about their chances now that they had that brilliant start and then an unfortunate finish? I feel that they solidified their spot for a spot because I still kind of thought they were on the fringe going into the, the big 12 tournament. As long as if they didn't make any noise there, that there was a high possibility that we weren't in the tournament moving forward, but we got the early win against West Virginia. And then we went back and we came back against Oklahoma, you know, kind of, kind of just solidified our spot after that second win against Oklahoma, especially after coming back from, from behind and then the two games after that against Oklahoma Oklahoma State, you know, or just kind of wants to forget, you know, just not something that you wanted to be riding, you know, two losses in a row going into the NCAA tournament. But, you know, it's better than what I thought. I had called it for the last couple of weeks. I I thought Tech needed to get two wins in the Big 12 tourney to solidify their their spot in the NCAA tournament, and they did that. So let's just see, hopefully, um, if we could get a favorable um, regional because there's some pretty daunting ones sitting, awaiting whoever possibly tech out there for us. Yeah, I mean, we kind of see these regionals already come out. We were talking about it before the show, but uh, 16 regionals, obviously. And just to kind of recap the teams that did get a regional, it was a surprising kind of surprising maybe a little bit uh controversial eight teams from the sec uh were selected for regional sites those were alabama auburn uh south carolina arkansas florida kentucky tennessee and alabama if i I already said alabama and lsu so uh eight teams from the sec i mean that's incredible to kind of see that conference just you know, be able to have that many different hosts. It just kind of shows you how good the baseball is being played in the Southeast. Uh, any comments on that? Do you think that was too many, or do you kind of think it was rightfully deserved? I believe it was rightfully deserved, man. I mean, if you watched any of some of the games out there, um, I guess there's a fringe team out there that I guess one or two that could have been if iffy, you know, um, maybe South Carolina, but they played well. Maybe Vanderbilt, but they've played well. I mean, the ones that kind of stood out to me, because I never saw that Auburn and Alabama were, I think, hold on, let me rephrase. I didn't ever see Auburn in that top 16 and anything previously to my knowledge. So that one kind of kind of caught me off guard. But other than that, I mean, they've that's a hell of a conference. I mean, it's, tip, it's like um the Big 12 basketball conference in a sense. I mean, top to bottom, I mean, it's just a 
a tough matchup day in and day out. So, I mean, for them to see eight eight game or eight teams into the NCAA tournament, that's that's great for the SEC. Um, and it kind of just gives a bunch of options for potentially landing spots for Tech in the regional. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the BPI or RPI is something that's pretty heavily followed in baseball, and uh, all of them ranked in the top nineteen. Funny enough, Auburn was the lowest at number nineteen. Uh, the teams ahead of them that didn't get in were Campbell, who was fourteenth, Dallas Baptist at seventeen. And then Boston College uh, finished 18th. So, you know, all those teams are obviously going to be in the tournament. And, I mean, hey, a Dallas Baptist, you know, getting into the tournament as a regional host, that might, that might have been a spot for Tech. I mean, that's pretty close. But uh, besides the regional – besides the SEC teams that I named, it's uh, Clemson, Coastal Carolina, Indiana State, Miami, Oklahoma State, Stanford, and Virginia, along with Wake Forest. Uh Personally, I don't know. I mean, I was kind of shocked at Oklahoma State getting a regional. I know that they were kind of part of that three-way tie at the top of the Big 12. Uh, but surprisingly, I thought that since TCU, I mean, TCU did end up winning. I don't know if the game ended in time for the selection to kind of be made. And maybe just because Oklahoma State was the highest remaining seed and made it to the championship, that's probably why they got the regional ahead of TCU, who was the number four ranked team in the Big 12. So, Maybe it kind of makes sense that they didn't get the ranking. I just was a little bit shocked that Oklahoma State still ended up getting it, but they probably did all that stuff before the game even ended. But uh, any other kind of key things from the Big 12 tournament that you want to talk about? Me personally, I was surprised that Texas kind of bowed out early. They didn't win a single game. They only put up three runs in two of, in the two games. And, I mean, they lost to Kansas, which, woof. I mean, that is a tough loss. Tough loss to one of, like, the worst ranked team in the Big 12. But Texas kind of was known for that this uh, season, kind of just uh, losing these types of games. And then to finish off with the loss against Kansas State, any thoughts that you have? I mean, it was just this one swing of the bat, essentially, in the Kansas game. you It was tied 2-2, um, and then it was blown open by that grand slam um, by that, tech, by that um, Kansas player. And then that's essentially how that ended. And then they just kind of – they look like they bowed out early to um to a Kansas State team. I mean, I think they already knew that they were going to make the tournament. You know, it's kind of one of those things like, I mean, are you really wanting to waste all of this, you know, in a tournament and then probably have to travel um, for a regional kind of deal? So, I mean, I could see it two different ways. I mean, they did lay an egg against the Kansas team, which, you know, me and you both called with no disrespect to Kansas – that um, Texas was going to win that game, and both of us ended up, or probably are eating, had to eat some crow there, which I'm doing now. So, you know, Texas, I thought they could. They had the the lineup, and they had the win streak, and they were playing hot going into the tournament, and then just for them to fall flat on their face. As a Tech fan, I love to see it. As a baseball fan, you know, it's kind of it's one of those things. That's how Texas has been playing all year. They have their their win streaks, their long win streaks, and then they have like a lull and then they get back hot again. So if this is a part of their losing streaks, then they could be looking at an early exit in their regional that they get into. Yeah, sorry about that break in the podcast, people. Uh, but yeah, just to kind of go off of what you said, I mean, 
it's just been a heck of a, a heck of a big 12 tournament. Uh, a lot of surprises going on. Obviously I agree with you. I mean, just having what's their name, uh, Texas kind of bow out that early. I, nobody's going to complain on this side. So, uh, yeah, but TCU just kind of looking at the scores and how they kind of performed. It's pretty shocking. They actually just dominated all the way through. I mean, 16 to 3 against Kansas State, 14 to 4 against Kansas. Their best game or closest game was 6 to 3 against Kansas State in the rematch, but uh they beat Oklahoma State pretty good. I forgot the exact final score, but I mean, that was a pretty good beatdown uh, against for TCU. So, Surprisingly, they kind of dominated, but also not too surprising because that's just kind of how the Big 12 was this year. And I mean, you know, that's just everybody was just so close together that it's kind of hard to say like, oh, this was an upset or oh, this was totally out of the random. Like TCU was a really good team this year. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we we took two out of three of them um, earlier in the year here in Lubbock and you know that's how we did because you know we play very very well at home you know we've struggled mightily on the road this year and I mean there's the statistics to back it up and the record to say so as well so for TCU to get hot at the right time you know this was their time they came I mean just like you said I mean they didn't have a real real game technically um until that semifinal with the rematch against Kansas State. So um, they kind of just walked away or ran away with the Big 12 tournament title. Um, so we'll see what they could do with that momentum going into a regional as well. It looks like they missed out on hosting a reg- regional as well. So it's going to be um, a telltale sign because I think they'll probably be a, a two-seed somewhere based on what they did in the Big 12 tournament. So we'll just see. They'll probably fall into one of those lower lower ranking regionals i'm not not sure exactly who's going to be out there but um i i see tcu being a two seed somewhere in a in a reasonable region yeah probably that auburn regional maybe the clemson one two pretty two ones that tcu might be able to do some damage in but uh, I guess we could kind of talk about Tech, too, just get a little bit more in-depth on them. So, obviously, we kind of went over what happened with their scores. Uh, as far as the, you know, semifinal against Oklahoma State, was there anything that you kind of saw as, like, the main issue? Or, I mean, I guess we could kind of talk about the pitching. I feel like in the second game, it wasn't too bad. You know, you hate to get blown out 8-1 to one in the first game, come back later in the day, look like you're going to win it, and then just be walked off like that. It's an unfortunate way to end you know, what was a good run in the Big 12 tournament, but anything that you specifically saw in that game? I kind of feel that that first game against Oklahoma State, we were kind of playing with house money. You know, we had already won two straight, and we were guaranteed a second game. So, I mean, we didn't have, given our pitching situation and stuff like that, I think there was a pretty light, a pretty strong likelihood throughout a, a lot of people that, you know, had us most likely losing that game and then saving up an extra day's rest for some of our bigger guns to potentially come back. And then that's kind of why you saw a lot of position players get swapped out in that third game um, on early, you know, just to, to rest some of our starters and things like that. And then that, and then that, that walk-off game, man, I said 
earlier in a podcast. I don't remember if it was last Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was last Sunday. I said, you know, Brandon Beckel, you know, he had worked his tail off and, you know, he had been given a pass for, you know, giving up that walk-off home run or that home run to Kansas here in Lubbock that ultimately lost us the game here. And then he gave up another home run to Oklahoma State that kind of, you know, obviously to seal our fate in the Big 12 tournament. That's kind of, that's kind of, I guess, concerning, not like big time, big time. You know, obviously the positives, the more positives out of it are like the, the pitching performances we got out of Molina again. And then the pitching performance that we got out of, um, was it Kyle Robinson that pitched that game, that pitched a solid game? Um, a lot of that gave me at least, you know, a little bit more hope going into a regional now, just depending on where we land. But, you know, those guys came, and that's that's what we need them to do is, is to pitch into long games like that. So um, some positives, obviously a bunch of negatives out there. There's some questionable coaching decisions that were made out there, um, and it kind of just – you know, left me scratching my head a few times, like, why were we doing something like this? So um, I would say that I'm neutral as far as what they showed and what they didn't show. You know, we had struggled with pitching in the past and our hitting sometimes wasn't there. That all kind of showed. And then sometimes it didn't, you know, our bats were hot, our pitching was great. So we kind of got a mixed bag of of what we've seen all year long. So I guess we'll just see what happens once we get into the tournament. But um, nothing, anything that just stands out, stands out. You know, I know that Nolan Hester had a pretty solid game. Um, Vuletic or, and um, Maxi, you know, all had big games, you know, things like that. So we'll just see what happens moving forward. But, I mean, I'm kind of left slightly positive moving forward, but not a whole lot based on what I saw this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, it's kind of the same story that we've all kind of always kind of seen the starting pitchers really needing to eat up some innings and get there, get in deep, and then hopefully not have the relievers and the closers, pretty much the bullpen, come in and ruin it. But it seems to be the case as usual, like this season for Texas Tech. But a lot the bats were awake. I mean, like you said, the Oklahoma State, the first game, seemed to be a lot of the start, the heavy hitters resting, but. You know, same story, the bats are awake, which is what you want to see, that they didn't decline or anything like that. So that was a little bit of a positive to take away from it. But uh, as far as how many teams get into the uh, the playoffs, how many are you kind of thinking? I think personally it's pretty much every team but Oklahoma and Kansas. I think Kansas State, I mean, they did end up going one and two this uh, during the tournament, but I still think that they probably did enough throughout the year to kind of etch their to get, get a spot, maybe squeak in. But any thoughts on from you on that? Because I think the top four is pretty much solidified with Oklahoma State, Texas, West Virginia, TCU, and Texas Tech. But uh, as far as that bottom three, Oklahoma and Kansas seem out, and then Kansas State. What are your thoughts on them and their chances? I think one of them's going to be left out, and I think it's either going to be Kansas State or Oklahoma. I believe one of those teams is going to be left out. Um, you know, I know that they they did enough to be put in the tournament, but I don't think there's room for them to. So I think it just based on what I saw this weekend, 
both are damn good teams and it's going to suck that, you know, one of the other doesn't make it, but I'm thinking one of the other is not going to make it. So, um, I'm, I'm split on that because there's, I could give, um, reasons why Oklahoma goes. I could give reasons why Kansas state goes, you know, I just, I just think it's, that's a clear toss up, but I like, like you said, obviously Oklahoma state's going because they're hosting a regional West Virginia is going to make it. Texas is going to make it. TCU, who just won the Big 12, is going to make it. We won two games in the Big 12 tournament, one against West Virginia, one against uh, Oklahoma team that just beat Oklahoma State the night prior. So I think we're good there. And then that kind of leaves Kansas. I don't think they were ever in. It's just that they did better than Baylor this year. Um, and then Kansas State and Oklahoma just leaving those last two spots, and I think it's just going to go um, to one of those guys. I agree with you there. I think probably Kansas State gets a nod over Oklahoma, but we shall see. It'll be kind of interesting to see, and for those who don't know, it's going to be at 11 a.m. Uh, Central Time, 12 Eastern, the selection show. So pretty much right when Tech gets announced, people are going to talk about it, and I'm sure we'll get some content up with uh, – you know, our reactions to see how Tech can do. Hopefully a favorable regional is in play. But uh, without further ado, let's get to the last part of the podcast. Going to kind of throw in some fun things here at the end, talk about some football, which everybody loves to talk about. Uh, pretty much just kind of going over some of the quarterback rooms, maybe putting together a top five. And event throughout these podcasts for like the next going forward, we're going to go maybe do position groups, maybe kind of clump clump a few together, talk about instead of going running back room, wide receiver, we could talk about like skill positions and all that stuff like that. But just maybe go over and it doesn't necessarily have to be in order, but kind of point out a few of your favorite uh, quarterback rooms in the big 12, or I guess quarterbacks. And then I could point out some of mine. We can kind of just throw some out there, talk about it, uh, preview the football season. That's a few months away, but never too early to start talking about football. Never too early to start talking about football, especially after the remaining part of your 2023 class or 2022 class. I don't know exactly how that works out, but um, them arriving on campus um, within the last 24 to 48 hours, making, you know, your full your full team all in Lubbock, you know, and then also Tech did. This is besides kind of the point, you know, we did have a grad transfer or a, or a transfer um cornerback come in so we could get into that later as well but some of the couple of the quarterback rooms that i'm looking forward to is obviously um dylan gabriel there in oklahoma hell of a quarterback um he's back in his second season there after transferring from ucf had a pretty solid first year at oklahoma i think a little bit over three thousand passing yards and 25 touchdown passes so he did very very well there in oklahoma and i just you know Given the last, this is the last year that Oklahoma and Texas will be in the Big 12. I expect some pretty big things out of him there in Oklahoma. Um, Quinn Ewers in in Texas or at Texas. I'm kind of interested in seeing what he does is if he stays on the healthy path. Just like I would be saying for the, you know, which I'll get into here shortly. But if he's able to complete a full season, what kind of statistics he'll have and what kind of record Texas will have because I mean up until that that point he was injured he was playing some pretty solid football as much as I hate to say it 
Um, interesting note here that on some of these sites that have the Big 12 quarterbacks ranked, they have Arch Manning as Quinn Ewers backup. Um, based on what I saw at the spring game or everything about the spring game with Texas, I I think that may be Malik Murphy's job and Arch is sitting um, firmly at number three who will probably redshirt this year. And that's that's me right now, obviously, and a lot could change in the summer and early in the in in the camp for the fall league, but you know, we'll see what happens. And then I like our our quarterback room of of um Shuck and Morton. You know, both of them were battling injuries all last year. Um when Shuck stayed healthy, you saw what this tech team was able to do. And we've seen glimpses of what the future holds with Baron Morton, you know, starting at quarterback for Texas Tech. So um, between those three quarterback rooms, those are the ones that I'm really more interested to see. Um, and then my wild card would be that that John Plumley at Central Florida. He's also the center fielder for Central Florida's baseball team. He's just an he's an absolute athlete. So it'd be real interesting to see what he does out of Central Florida with Central Florida coming into the Big Twelve. And then everybody kind of after that is kind of un kind of unproven. I mean, Iowa State's quarterbacks unproven. Chandler Morris, you know, he had the one start with TCU, got hurt, and then we all kind of know what happens from there on out. Um, Cincinnati's quarterback, Emory Jones, are projected. And then a really interesting one, Alan Bowman, ex-Tech quarterback, um, potential starter at Oklahoma State. So, you know, we may see Mr. Bowman at some point this year, I don't know if that happens or not, but I mean, it looks like he has the most um, experience out of that quarterback room right now. Yeah, I mean, seeing Alan Bowman play, I mean, obviously he went to Michigan and they kind of have their quarterback room settled, so wasn't really going to get much playing time there. But just kind of seeing how this Big 12 landscape is shaking out. I mean, you mentioned John Rice Plumley. He was exciting at Ole Miss and then transferred out and uh, has been balling at UCF. I really do like watching him play. He's an athlete. Uh, Keaton Slovis, he was a starter at USC that pretty much kicked JT Daniels out. And as well as Jackson Dart, they were both kind of kicked out. But then Keaton Slovis transferred as soon as Caleb Williams came. So that was uh, – he's another guy who is just – very talented and I mean he's played meaningful college football so it'll be interesting to see what kind of an impact that he will have uh he's just one of those guys who's very smart with the football has a big arm and I mean that's the one thing that you like to see with quarterbacks is quarterbacks especially in the transfer portal who have experience playing uh that always goes a long way I mean there's a lot of guys who transfer who you know, maybe didn't get that. Maybe are kind of just writing the star next to their name and hoping that that'll kind of get them on the map. But seeing guys uh, who have played meaningful snaps is something that coaches really do like to see. And I don't see why he wouldn't be a guy who could maybe make an impact for that BYU team who just uh, saw Jaron Hall go to the draft, who was a pretty solid guy for them. So we'll see what kind of a season that uh, Keenan Solvis could have. Another guy, I mean, Emory Jones, you kind of touched on it. He's going to be the quarterback at Cincinnati. He was there before Anthony Richardson got there, and uh, Anthony Richardson kind of took over. Emory Jones has a really big arm. Uh, he can 
throw that thing. But he's at Cincinnati. We'll kind of see how he fits in with that system, especially if they're since they're going through a coaching change. Uh, kind of see how that team shakes out in their first year in the Big 12. And then, you know, you mentioned Chandler Morris. He'll be exciting. He's going to be one of those guys that are, you know, is he going to be able to kind of keep that momentum going from TCU or did they probably lose too much talent? I think that's a little bit more on the talent losing side because, I mean, the guys that they lost and went to the draft or just left in general were pretty talented. I don't know if Chandler Morris is going to be able to repeat what happened, but he is talented and, you know, that, that, that could be an interesting team. We'll have to see. But I don't know if they're going to repeat going undefeated and all that, but we shall see. Undefeated until the conference championship game, I should say. And uh, one final one I just want to throw out there, Jalen Daniels. Uh, they were undefeated. Kansas pretty much with him at quarterback until he got injured. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to come back and look to build off of that year last year that he had and keep Kansas in that position that they were in where they're you know one of the most talked about teams in the Big 12 for – more than half of the season and then sort of spiraled off, but they were exciting while they were good. I mean, that was a, they were, that was a fun team to watch until they started losing. I think they lost, went and lost six straight, but uh, we shall see big 12 quarterbacks kind of always a story, kind of always something to look at, especially with a bunch of new teams coming in. It'll be pretty exciting. Uh, but with that, I mean, did you have anything else that you kind of wanted to talk about or could we wrap this thing up? Anything on your mind you want to get off? I mean, is there any particular player or, um, I guess, newcoming person to the tech football program that you're interested in seeing if they could break break through and play as a true freshman? Anybody offensive side, defensive side of the ball that that has kind of caught your eye from, you know, word of mouth out there and different other things through tech? As far as guys who are freshmen, I mean, I really – he's not going to play this year. I'll give you another one uh, besides him. But a guy who I really do think is going to be an impact guy once he actually does get playing is the quarterback, Jake Strong, that we got. He was in a lot of those camps that you kind of see. And he's the type of guy that I think is going to have a really big impact once he's actually able to uh, play. But he's kind of behind that Tyler Show and Baron, Mor- Baron Morton. So – Obviously not going to be playing too much to start uh, because we do have a pretty talented quarterback room, as is other guys that I think are, are going to be really impact guys. I mean, the safeties, those two safeties that we uh, added in this class. And Brendan Jordan specifically, he's one of my favorite guys to watch because I usually try and watch as much uh, high school tape of these guys that I can. Uh, he was – Brendan Jordan – looked like just a complete playmaker both in the run and pass game. He was one of those guys that I really did like watching and liked kind of seeing him fly to the football as well as uh, who's another guy, Dylan Spencer. He was a talent. He's, I mean, I think he was one of the higher recruit guys that we got. And he's somebody that I think could have a really big impact on the defensive line, specifically outside rushing the passer. We have a few of those transfers. Uh, Steve Linton is kind of that guy that seems to be talked about a lot this year to, help step up and add pressure to the quarterback. But I can see Spencer having an impact early on, especially as a freshman, just being able to get in there and make an impact and kind of seeing if he can get into that rotation of outside linebackers. Because without Tyree Wilson, it's not really a position where we have that one dominant guy where we want to keep on the field at all times. 
and kind of rotate the other guys. It seems like it's going to be a rotating door. Steve Linton, while he does, like I said, seem like the favorite to replace that production because he's had a pretty solid uh, offseason, I still think that Texas Tech is going to try and rotate a little bit more until they find that perfect matchup or guy that could be on the strong side and the weak side and whatnot. But that's probably Dylan Spencer is probably the guy that could have an immediate impact that I'm looking forward to. What about you? I'm looking forward to seeing uh, potentially that Justin Horn from Louisiana make some noise. Um, a bona fide athlete, as as McGuire and the crew say, that this is the fastest recruiting class in the nation. And Justin Horn, I don't know exactly what he finished at in the state competition in Louisiana, but if you follow anything Louisiana sports Louisiana and Florida are just known for having kids that could fly run around that are just you know top tier athletes and Justin Horn is also all of that and him competing in a linebacker um, group that is still fairly young and fairly inexperienced I would say if he puts on some weight and you know, just works his tail off like he normally does in everything that he does. I mean, there's a potential to see him playing linebacker for us this year. And, I mean, that's no discredit to some of the guys that are there in front of him. Um, I just think he's that kind of athlete that that you need to have, that you need to find a way to get him out on the field, you know. And um, also, I'll also back you in the, um, the Brendan Jordan deal. He actually did get quite a bit of playing time in the spring game. So I think he may ultimately get more of a role than a special teams kind of player does like as a, as a true freshman. But I do remember McGuire saying, I believe it, it was in a podcast or some kind of interview that he usually tries to, to keep one guy on offense and one guy on defense purposely redshirt them so that they get acclimated to the system, even though they're probably ready to play now just so they have on the back end um, later on in the in their um, collegiate career. So it'll be really interesting to see, that's for sure. Kelby Vaslin is a wide receiver out of Arlington. He's a burner. Um, Marquez Stevenson, another guy from Louisiana, a track guy as well. He could run. Uh, Miguel Dingle, he was an early um, enrollee, and he actually ran with the track program and did very well in the hurdles. He's a burner. Demarion Crest, wide receiver, another one. And then another one that I think potentially is my wild card would be Marcus Ramon Edwards, um, athlete out of Lubbock. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to play him, um, offensive, defensive side of the ball, but this dude's just an athlete. If you just look him up, I mean, in every sport he plays, basketball, football, baseball, this, this kid just does it all. So, you have a chance to look at this kid's tape go back go look at his tape and you know you can kind of see um what i'm talking about but he is a he is a bona fide athlete he's one of those guys who could also potentially um, see some time as a freshman and we'll kind of see where where that goes from there but some of those guys that i i named before i'm looking forward to see but justin horn is probably going to be my guy my true freshman that i'm really looking forward to hearing about this upcoming year yeah, just to kind of uh, 
affirm those uh, stats that you gave out. I think, and he tweeted this, so I'm going to, I, I looked it up too while you were talking just to make sure. I'm pretty sure he was the 110 hurdle and 300 hurdle state champion in both of those events. And I think he holds a state record for one of them too. So just insane from a linebacker, just to think that a linebacker is doing that kind of stuff. That's, I mean, incredible. He's going to be one of those guys that flies to the ball. He does look a little bit, he, he's not, it's not like he's some guy who you look at and you're just like, oh my gosh, he's this big, like 256-2 linebacker, but he's fast and he hits hard and he plays the run very well. Watching his tape, he doesn't look like a small guy out there at all. He flies to the football. So being able to watch him play and being able to just honestly be excited about an overall class instead of maybe like a guy or two, that's something that we can kind of get used to and hopefully are able to do for a long period of time here at Texas Tech. Obviously, Joey McGuire is bringing in a bunch of guys that are talented and He's getting his guys in here, so you can't complain about that. But uh, I don't know if you had anything else to add. I think that kind of just about wraps it up as far as what we're talking about. Anything else from you? Anything else just pretty much right now, what are your gut feelings telling you? I mean, we'll just kind of just jump back into baseball real quick. But which regional are you would, – would you gladly take and which regional would make you sick to your stomach? Um, as far as what happens tomorrow. I would say, I would say, honestly, uh, as far as regionals that I would want to be in, I'm thinking we, we've kind of talked about it too. Pretty much the lower, pretty much not an SEC, like top tier team. Clemson comes to mind as a team that maybe I would be that I would be okay with being in. Um, Oklahoma State, if possible, we obviously showed that we can play with them. They too, they obviously had our number during the Big Twelve uh, tournament, but that's a team that, if possible, I would not mind being in their regional as well. As far as teams that I'm maybe a little bit hesitant on wanting to be on, or if I saw obviously us being drawn in there. Pretty much like the LSU, Arkansas, just because they're like two of the top tier teams. Even Wake Forest, like they might not, they may not be part of that juggernaut SEC team like race, but they were pretty much the number one team in the country for a reason. Like that's another team who I watch, and they're sound all around. They're not a team that I just want to say, oh, you know, let's go and take down the big dog. No, absolutely not to start. I think that the teams that I kind of said, the Clemson's and the Oklahoma State. Maybe South Carolina as well. Those are the teams that I would kind of want to end up in. What about you? I would say if you stay away from a Fayetteville, you stay away from a Baton Rouge, you stay away from a Kentucky team, I think you could manage potentially, depending on what we see on the pitching side of it, to get out of that regional. But give me an Auburn, a South Carolina a Clemson as teams or as regionals that I would like to see tech in. And then all the other teams that I just mentioned, you know, the Fayetteville, the Baton Rouge, the, the Kentucky held even Vanderbilt um, is kind of scary out there as well. So, I mean, I guess if you stay, just like you said, if you stay away from the sec powerhouses, um, I think you could kind of sleep a little bit better, but I mean, the SEC has eight teams in there, so the likelihood of you landing in one of their regionals, 
I, I would say are higher than most considering all the other regionals that are out there. I don't see us going to Stanford, which, you know, you know, we played there this year already, but I don't think we're, we're headed out West. Um, so I, I foresee it to be one of those teams in the SEC. And I'm just hoping that we did enough in the big 12 tournament to evade one of the powerhouses in the, in their regional, because some of these teams, they don't lose at home. They're just like us when it comes to home games. Um, most of the top teams in the SEC all have anywhere between seven losses and below at home. So, you know, it's going to be real hard to come out of one of those regionals with a victory. So if you get one of their lower tier SEC teams, um, maybe even a Coastal Carolina, that may be a stretch. But, you know, we'll see what we what happens. But give me – Keep me out of those three big teams, and I think Tech has a fighting chance to get out of a regional. I agree with you there. You'd kind of want to stay away from those top-tier SEC teams and uh, hope for one of the lower brackets, hope for lo- one of the more winnable regionals because Texas Tech is still a talented team with that had a little bit of a down year. And, I mean, hey, if a down year is still making the tournament, I'll take it every year. But uh, preferably not. Would would much rather be hosting a regional. But – Regardless, I think that just about wraps it up. Obviously, we got into some baseball, kind of talked about the football landscape, went over a few quarterback rankings. Maybe next week we'll do kind of position, skill, like uh, skill positions, wide receiver, running back, tight end, kind of culminate those, get a, give our uh, take on those positions from different schools. But uh, until then, I mean, Joe, always, an, always a pleasure, always an honor to talk with you on Sundays, give the fans – some good content from around the Big 12. Obviously, baseball season is going to be heating up here. Be able to recap a little bit more of the full landscape of it, especially what happens with these Big 12 teams. But, uh, yeah, that just about does it from us. So, Joe, anything else uh, you want to say to the fans before we sign out? Um, No, just appreciate all the listens out there that for all of our fans out there and things like that. I know we're slowly dwindling down towards the um, end of all major college sports for Texas Tech. So, you know, thanks for, for going along on the ride with us. I also know that potentially we'll be able to talk around some track some track news as well. I, I believe some guys punched their tickets um, to advance to the NCAA tournament as far as, as track goes. So maybe we could touch up on that. Some more football news, and then we'll see what happens as far as the the first regional that Tech lands in. You know, we'll see what we go from there. And um, yeah, just like I said, appreciate all the all the listens out there, and and Reckham Tech. Couldn't agree more. Uh, track and field, which will be pretty exciting coming up here. But yeah, I mean, have a great Memorial Day tomorrow, or whenever you hear this, because uh, we recorded this on Sunday. So Monday, have a good Memorial Day, and. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next week.